The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson and Nick Martin. Find us on YouTube.com slash all Steelers talkers subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers head into week 10 against the Green Bay Packers sitting at five and three, two and zero in the AFC North with another opportunity to further cement their own destiny in the 2023 season. But there's some pretty big injuries that we got to talk about that could stand in their way, make things a little difficult in week 10 on top of a former Pittsburgh Steelers lineman who is killing it over in L.A. has earned his place in uh, the midseason Pro Bowl awards. And I mean, we got to figure out why and what the Pittsburgh Steelers can do a little bit differently to prevent this moving forward. On top of that, our keys to victory for week 10. And like always, our picks, because last week I let everybody down and I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the blame, but also your thank you for the Steelers win over the Tennessee Titans. It's been a beautiful day here in the Berg. Nick, we'll start with you on this one. How are we feeling, my friend? I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, like, I'm surprised the Steelers are 5-3 and three right now, and <laughs> they have a chance to go into this, at the end of this week, be 6-3. and three. Like, I don't know how many people could have predicted that before the season. I mean, quite crazy, True. honestly. <laughs> it really is. I'm looking at the uh, predictions now. I don't know where we had them losing what, but... I had five, six losses, so wasn't feeling good about five and three, possibly six and three at this point in the season. Steven, uh, how are we feeling, my friend? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm, you know, kind of preparing for, I've got a little bit of a marathon long weekend ahead of me. I've got Pitt basketball Friday night. Beautiful. Football on Saturday. Nice. Steelers on, on Sunday, and then another Pitt basketball game on Monday. So I am, Ooh. you know, hydrating, carbo loading, you know, all that, getting ready for an exciting <laughs> weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up for it. The uh, the baked ziti, as you used to eat back in uh, back in high school, before you realized that that just made you sick. Before you yeah. ran out there for football games, pick on anybody uh, good in basketball this early oh. in the season. Oh, buddy, yeah, they do. They got uh, <laughs> they got they got a couple guys, but they've got this yeah. freshman point guard who is he had a triple double in his first game in ever in college. Uh, it was the That's... fifth triple double in program wow. history. He's uh, he's special, I think. There's only five triple doubles in program history in Pitt. That's pretty crazy, considering. They were once, uh, they were once I mean, uh, pretty good. I mean, people were looking it up. Like, it's hard to get a triple double in college basketball. Like, yeah, even North true. Carolina, like, doesn't like, you know, uh, someone looked up like their all time triple doubles, and like, even they don't have a ton. So it's it's hard to do. Look at that, dude. Jeff Capel coming up with some uh, coming up with some boys. Hopefully, uh, you stay hydrated this weekend. Lots of ghost energy drinks and whatever else you uh, you used to. Uh, to keep rocking there. Let's dive into some Pittsburgh Steelers football. Some major injuries pop up on the injury report this week. Very concerning for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. The biggest one, obviously, Cam Hayward appears to possibly have suffered a setback with his groin injury. Started the week limited, moved into a did not participate in day two of practice. 
I did not get optimistic signs, I would say, while being at the practice facility the last two days when it comes to Cam. How big of a blow is this? The Steelers are already down Montrevious Adams this week. Keanu Benton is set to start. Now it looks like DeMarvin Leal will probably be back out there. Meanwhile, the Packers offense, I mean, if you were going to let Jordan Love do his thing, cool, whatever, but Aaron Jones and Corey Dillon seem to uh, be the or it's not Corey Dillon, is it Corey Dillon? AJ Dillon. Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon would have been a problem. (laughs) Shout out a legend in Corey Dillon. Uh, AJ (laughs) Dillon back there for the Packers. Nick, how big of a blow is this if Cam cannot go without already knowing that the Steelers are without Montrevious Adams? I think this is a significant blow because not only um, is Minka Fitzpatrick out for an extended period of time, you lost Cole Holcomb for for the rest of the season. Those guys were your communicators back there. And Hayward is the leader of the defensive front. You saw really his impact like last week against the Titans and how they were able to shut down the run game. And, you know, the communication up front was a lot more stout, unlike the secondary where it seemed to be a little bit all over the place. Now you could have miscommunications all throughout, and yeah. I'm not sure how the Steelers will be able to quite handle that. Not just that, Hayward is that type of guy who can play all along the front. He can handle doubles as a as a nose tackle. He can play along uh, up front on guards as a three technique and get pressure. Like He's one of the best players in the league when he's healthy, and it's a significant blow no matter how you slice it. Yeah, I agree. You you held you hold Derrick Henry to 75 yards and you kind of kind of look at that and say chances are Cam Hayward played a pretty you know significant role um in that situation Steven, do you look at this maybe obviously you concerned we'll start there are you concerned with Cam Hayward but if Cam cannot go and it's a DeMarvin Leal Keanu Benton situation here for the Steelers is there some optimism to kind of see maybe a younger role there, a younger group get, get a chance to, uh, to play together. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hot take, I am concerned about Cam Hayward not playing, but yeah. I also think, <laughs> but I, I think you, you touch on something good there, which is, I am kind of excited to see what Keanu Benton and, and DeMarvin Leal can do in full-time roles. Uh, we talked about it earlier this week, but I, I'm excited about Keanu Benton just in general, and we're maybe getting an accelerated or an earlier look at what he can do as a, a full-time starter, but yeah. he's been impressive in a backup role, and now we're really going to let him loose against a team that likes to run the football, has talented backs, has big physical backs, and uh, you know, Benton, I think, has been for the most part real impressive rushing the passer, but he's going to get tested this week, and Liao, you know, maybe not as impressive I, I would I would say as Benton through these first few weeks but again he's going to get tested too so it's kind of sink or swim for these guys but yeah I I I am excited quite honestly by that like that's you know the best possible outcome I think you can get from a veteran like Cam Hayward going down is that you have exciting rookie or exciting young people behind him who you you get to test and you get to to throw them into the fire right away and see what they've got. Yeah, I I agree. I also kind of look at it like Green Bay's offense hasn't been overly impressive. So if you're gonna maybe test the waters, like you said, on a guy like Demarvin Leal and a guy like Keanu Benton, this is possibly a good week. I don't want to say there's ever a good week, but this is maybe a situation where it could be worse. You know, like this could be Cleveland. This could be Baltimore. You could be looking at a Cincinnati where you're like, okay, this is the worst possible situation to be in. If he doesn't go, I don't know. I, 
I, I think the Steelers have handled it well while he missed time beforehand. My bigger concern is how big of a setback is this? You know, is this a situation where Cam is going to miss another chunk of time or is this just a, you know, maybe a week because he played too many snaps against Tennessee last week because we saw with Pat Fryermuth that, uh, that things could get rough and, and that setback could be more significant than we initially thought. The other injury, pretty significant, maybe even more significant just because of the circumstances. Alandon Roberts suffered a knee injury. Not sure when or how serious it is, but at this point it has kept him out of practice. It's not looking good for him to play against the Green Bay Packers. The Steelers just lost Cole Holcomb last week to a season-ending knee injury. They are now down to possibly two inside linebackers in Quan Alexander and Mark Robinson. Nick, we'll start there. Mark Robinson gets the start. He got a couple last year, obviously, with a different set of linebackers. I think, you know, even if it's just Quan Alexander, a little bit of an upgrade playing next to him than a hurt Miles Jack or Robert Spillane or a Devin Bush a year ago. Are you confident in Mark Robinson? Are you, you know, do you have any thoughts that he could take on this role and and be fine and capable in doing so? I think what's just more um, interesting about this opportunity for Mark Robinson is that he's a guy who plays with his hair on fire for better yeah, or for worse. That's very true. Often, oftentimes he can get a little bit too out of control. We saw this last year when he played against Baltimore, he yeah. was like so fired up. Like he, he was in the right spots. He was just consistently like going in way too hot. And then he wouldn't wrap up consistently. He's got to learn to control that type of energy. And in a way it kind of like reminds me a little bit of Vince Williams in that regard, but like, yeah. obviously like, you know, you want to see how he can do an extended role. Can he be more consistent with his run fits? I'm not so optimistic about him in coverage. I think there's a little bit of room for a potential call up on the practice squad in like Michael Walker, who is more of a coverage guy that they can mm -hmm. bring in on those package downs. And I think you can replace a little bit of the loss in Cole Holcomb with, you know, those types of guys. It's unfortunate though, that like, he went down with that injury and now that yeah. Roberts is p potentially hurt as well, because it was such a good unison between that, that trio, you got your coverage guys, you got your playmaker, and then you got like your downhill, like run stuffer like that. Like it was a very good mix to have. Now they have to kind of like rediscover that and they could have the pieces on, on the, uh, on the roster currently, but we'll have to, we'll have to find out, you know, there's just, not too much of a sample size to go off of, but Michael Walker was pretty good with uh, Atlanta, especially in coverage. And he, I'd, he, I'd keep an eye on him. He definitely was. Uh, he was a guy we talked about earlier in the week. Feels like, you know, one of, one of the names, the Steelers, I mean, surprisingly, you look at the list, they got some pretty, some pretty good practice squad guys. Before we talk about those though, I want to ask about Keanu Neal, because you said coverage guys, is he an option to come down? Is he an option to play? maybe some inside linebacker this week. There's an, there's a possibility there, but cov I don't think coverage like responsibilities is necessary. Keanu Neal's like bread and butter. I think where he That's good was, for was, was better was just being like a downhill type of guy. And he's well past like the prime of his career and what he could do with Atlanta. So you could maybe mix in some looks that you want to keep in. Like you, you want to keep guys who are more familiar with the system and maybe play them in different roles. 
obviously there's a few guys we could talk about, but I'll leave that for a little bit of a discussion. <laughs> it's, it's, it's important that we just understand that communication is so important in this defense. And when you're missing so many key members, like communicators, like Cole Holcomb and Mika Fitzpatrick, you got to keep at least some familiarity there, or it's going to be like, there's going to be a lot of miscommunications that lead to big plays. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's the biggest thing with like talking about practice squad guys is, you know, you bring somebody up like, like Walker's a great choice, but he's only been here for like a week and a half. So at that point it starts to become like, eh, does he know the defense enough? How many mistakes are going to be made? How many hiccups are going to be there? Maybe Neil is a more familiar face. Steven, before we dive into the practice squad guys, if Neil is an option to move down, do you trust Patrick Peterson back there? And do you trust everybody else at corner enough to say, yeah, this is fine, as in like a Levi Wallace and a Darius Rush taking on some uh, some snaps against, I guess, Christian Watson and whoever else? Like Jaden Reed. Um, yeah, I don't know who else plays for Green Bay. Romeo yeah. Dobbs. Uh, Romeo yeah. Dobbs. Yeah, but, the, but these are like, I mean, so, yeah, those guys don't particularly scare me, and I don't know if there's a huge difference between Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson on the outside. I'm I'm confident yeah. in Joey Porter, but I just don't think the results have been very different for, for Levi or Pat Pete um, at any point this year. So you just kind of, you kind of got to roll with it. Um, I don't, I don't know how much I trust Patrick Peterson as a safety. I mean, I don't, he hasn't played much back there at all. Like if he's played back there at all this season, a little bit last he, week. Yeah. That was it. So like, it's it's very limited reps. Like you wonder how much, how comfortable he is in that position. Like I know he's got experience there, but you know there's no replacing live game action, and and Peterson just doesn't have a ton of that. That said, this might be the week to to expand that role a little bit. Like you mm-hmm. said, like this matchup is probably it's never perfect to lose guys, but you know playing against you know a Jordan Jordan Love and a receiver core that doesn't really scare you in a passing game that has struggled a little bit especially as of late like they've you just look at the Packers like you know their game logs you know rushing attempts versus passing attempts they've started to lean on the running game a little bit more so i think this is a game where you could maybe get away with that it's not ideal but i think if you if there was any week to maybe get Patrick Peterson some some more reps back there and just get everyone comfortable with that look this would probably be the week to do it yeah, I agree. And you kind of made a great point there. Like, if you're going to sacrifice quality somewhere, maybe make up for it an inside linebacker and allow your secondary to kind of, you know, see what happens just because of the offense that you are playing. Let's talk about the the practice squad, guys. You got, uh, man, I'm going to screw this one up again. Kyron, Kyron Johnson, former yeah. Philadelphia Eagle. Obviously, Michael Walker former Atlanta Falcons, who started, I believe, 12 games last season, played all 16. He's played at least 16 games. His first three seasons with the Falcons was a bit of a surprise cut after what I want to say is a foot injury over the summer. Still, he he was cut before the final cuts. So you got to think something happened there or there was a reason for something. And then uh, Tariq, uh, Tariq Carpenter, former safety for Georgia Tech, comes in here. He's been here for a while for the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of feels like those are the three big names that the Steelers would consider elevating this week. Anybody got a favorite? Anybody got one? I mean, Nick, you mentioned, you mentioned Walker, Steven, me and you talked about Walker earlier in the week. Is that the go-to and is one inside linebacker enough? Can you go into this game with three inside linebackers 
and feel good enough that that they'll get the job done. Nick, you can you can go first. I oh, mean, you okay, were all okay. over you were all over Walker, so I, <laughs> I like him. I like him too, but I feel like you you'll have a good perspective on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got you. Um, so when it comes to like how many guys they call up, obviously we don't yeah. know exactly who they're going to call up. They might go with familiarity versus say the higher upside, you know, player that they want to bring in. But who I don't do you think? think who ha- do you think is the who do you think's the higher upside? When you say Michael, that, who do you... Uh, Michael Walker, I, I would say, like, because, like, they don't really... Ha- like, Quan Alexander is one of their better coverage guys, but, like, yeah. if Mark Robinson proves to be a little bit of a liability there, you know, Michael Walker can bring some of that in sub-packages, and you don't have to play him too, too much. Like, I, I think gotcha. there would be some some good familiarity there. Not to mention, you have Keanu Neal, who you could potentially move to linebacker in case of emergency, and something that they were doing, I'm going to bring this up because this is important. Darius Rush wasn't really playing outside corner like he did back at South Carolina. He was playing almost all over the place. He was playing free safety, box safety in the slot. They were kind of just letting him experiment around. It was mostly in like dime packages that, towards the end of the game when yeah. they were trying to you know, keep them from getting those big plays downfield. And something about Rush that was evident was his ball skills. And I think they want to try and keep getting that guy, that guy more reps on the field. I think you need to, you might just have to call up one linebacker and then in case of emergency move Keanu Neal, then have Darius Rush play more of like a safety role, I would say. Oh, I like that. I like that. Didn't think that Rush would be much of a safety. Do you, do you have tape on, on Rush, do you think that Rush is capable? Like, where do you see his natural position in the NFL? It was weird. It was a bit of a weird evaluation because his senior bowl tape, he showed a lot of, like, sticky press man coverage type reps, mm-hmm. and he did that at South Carolina. The problem I had was he left. He was a little bit too prone to opening the gate, which means, like, he was opening his hips a little too soon, and he would kind of leave that inside release off the line a little bit open too often mm-hmm. and so he got beat on like slants like uh, like quite a bit there was some similarities to Tariq Woolen coming out but Tariq Woolen's proven to be like a completely different type of player I was gonna say if Darius I... Rush shows up to are in okay shape they're gonna be just fine <laughs> yeah yeah it, it'd be it'd be awesome if that happened but I think you just want to get Rush's ball skills involved because he's a former wide receiver that moved to cornerback he's a guy yeah. that you know, it seems to have a real knack for not just being able to read um, the quarterback, but also being able to read like, you know, the routes going on in front of him it, with that former receiver background. I think you just get him in a role that's not too complicated where he can just kind of like read the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think I think that would be like best for him, honestly, in this type of role, like where he doesn't really he, he doesn't really know the system right now. Like he hasn't been here very long. So, yeah. I like that. I like that. It would be cool to see Darius Rush kind of work his way into wherever it was for the Steelers defense. I think that's even at a safety position. Like I'm not totally sold that DeMonte KZ and Keanu Neal are here for any longer than this season. If you could get somebody else, especially a rookie adjusted back there by next year. I mean, you're in good shape. You could go find. So you could even bring back DeMonte KZ for another season and Rush could work in there as the third safety, and that's a pretty good look if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers to develop on that. Plus, you kind of hope that Corey Trice comes back. I have zero expectations for him, but 
he's another name and a name that they'll monitor. Back to the inside linebackers here, Steven. Walker seems to be your guy as well. Am I That's correct right. there? That's right. Is, is it capable to come in here a week and a half ago and make some sort of impact on this defense? Do you trust anybody enough? And do you think the Steelers do? Because, you know, you just judging the Pittsburgh, I mean, it took Joey Porter Jr. shutting down every wide receiver in the NFL before somebody was like, yeah, you know what, this guy should probably start. We should probably put him in the starting lineup. Do you do you think that they would you think that they would have that same mindset to say, hey, he's been here, but he's probably our best option. And do you feel even with the lack of experience, he still is their best option? Yeah, I think he is. Um, it, because look, like, yeah, he's been he hasn't been here the longest. Carpenter's been here a little bit longer, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like a marginal difference at this point for two guys who have not even dressed for a game. You know, like, it, there's only so much experience you can get from practice um, and, and from just reps like that. Like, either yeah. way, you throw one of these guys in, and they're getting thrown into a fire that they are not familiar with at all. Um, so. Uh, to me, it's a marginal difference. I feel like, you know, to Nick's point, you go with the higher upside guy, the guy who has a little bit more talent. Because the other thing is, first of all, you don't really have a choice. Like this, uh, uh, this doesn't it's really true. seem like a, an ideal choice, no matter which option you go with. But also, whoever comes up, they are not going to be in as big a role as a Mark Robinson or as a Quan Alexander. Like they are going to be secondary and playing off of both of those guys as well. I mean, even probably playing off of Keanu Neal as well. So I think you can live with someone who maybe has a more limited knowledge uh, of the playbook and of the system, um, like just compared to the other, the other practice squad guys, uh, if they have some higher upside, if they are, you know, just generally the better football player and maybe give you a higher odds of making a splash play somewhere just because they have a proven track record of it. So that's why yeah. I think Walker is kind of the better option. Yeah, I agree. And I think that to some degree, you got to think more long term with this situation just because, you know, if, if Roberts is going to miss some time, that's super concerning. But now you need a, an inside linebacker that's here for at least another week. And on top of that, chances are, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have four running backs and three inside linebackers right now. And that's just not that's not how the NFL works. That's not how the Pittsburgh Steelers work. If I had to guess that would change to four inside linebackers and three running backs at some point in the near future, you're kind of looking for which one of these guys is going to be the guy that you sign to the active roster. Walker is probably your best bet there. Uh, Tomlin was walking through the locker room today. He said, you know, he stopped at, at Walker's locker. He said something. I didn't hear him, but I heard as he was walking, he's like, I'm just trying to get to know you. And I was like, that's got to be a good sign. That's, you know, if, if he walked by and said, I don't want anything to do with you, be a little worrisome. So we'll see what happens. I would imagine at least one of these names gets called up on Saturday afternoon before the game on Sunday. Hopefully Landon Roberts injury is nothing serious and hopefully Cam Hayward comes back as well. But both names to monitor for, for Pittsburgh heading into Sunday. Let's talk about a former Pittsburgh Steeler. And shout out to I'm terrible with names. Like, I'm the worst with names ever. So I apologize for this one. I'm going to go Kara, maybe Kara, but Kara Levikoff. That is a great last name. And I might have got that one right before I got the first name right. So, again, I'm bad with names. She tweeted, how did Kevin Dotson go from being traded for spare change to PFF's midseason Pro Bowl right guard? Why is the Steelers' O-line coaching staff 
so unbelievably terrible. Then she asked us to answer it on the podcast. I promised her that I would. Nick, I'm going to toss this one to you. Kevin Dotson goes from a guy that, you know, wasn't terrible, but nobody had a major issue that he was getting traded out of here during the offseason to uh, a pretty solid contributor to the Los Angeles Rams offense as a whole. Why? And uh, is it the Pittsburgh Steelers' fault? Um, I'm just going to go ahead and like say it is the Steelers' fault in this regard. <laughs> and I'm not the type of person who throws you know the team under the bus consistently. But in this case, like I, I listened to um, an old um, uh, an old uh, podcast recording from uh, 93.7 The Fan where they interviewed Duke Manyweather. And Duke talked a lot about how Kevin Dotson played right guard since high school all the way to college. He had never had live reps anywhere else. So that muscle memory gets ingrained to you. Like it's something like that you're not going to just be able to change up very quickly. There are some guys who are com- who are different in that regard. Every player has different circumstances, and I think what Pittsburgh did was they mishandled that whole situation. I think that's actually why Kevin Dodson had issues with penalties with Pittsburgh more than anything because I didn't think his play was necessarily bad. He just had major issues with holding calls that he couldn't quite clean up. But Back to what Duke had to say, he talked about how the transition for Dotson was basically like if you tried to if you tried to wipe your butt with with your <laughs> other hand, and I was just like, yeah, that's that, that's that doesn't sound uh, not only does that sound pleasant, it does it sounds like it's going to be a lot of work. It sounds like there's going to be some weird muscle memory involved there. Sounds and, like it's going to be messy. Yeah, just a bit. And uh, it was messy for Pittsburgh because when Dotson was not playing right guard, he was definitely having like his struggles. And you definitely saw like issues with he talked about how he feels like he's using different muscles than he had used before. And he didn't really understand how that whole situation worked. Not to mention, this is an interesting thing I had regarding Kevin Dotson. You know, he talks about like the different um, coaching methods between Sean McVay and uh, Mike Tomlin. He never, you know, he never condoned Tom. He never said that like Tomlin's methods were wrong. In fact, yeah. he understood why they could work. Kevin Dodson was almost consistently in the doghouse when he was in Pittsburgh. And I don't think it was from a lack of work ethic because he consistently worked with his offensive line coach, Duke Manyweather. It's just that he never could figure out like the other side of the positions so he could only really consistently play right guard and Pittsburgh just didn't seem to want to cater to that. And I, I think it was a major mistake. I mean, they didn't play Kendrick green at his natural position of guard either until like the very end. And he had a little bit of a decent season with the Texans before he went down. You see a little bit of that familiarity though. It's, it's so important for these offensive linemen. It's not always a smooth transition, Unlike Zach Tom, who can play left tackle in college and center and then play right tackle for the Green Bay Packers, who will be going up against TJ Watt. I'm excited to watch him uh, go up against each other because I I was a big fan of Tom coming out of uh, Wake Forest. But it's not always a seamless transition for these guys. Yeah. And that's just what happened with Kevin Dotson. It's unfortunate, but Pittsburgh's got to move on. They got to figure out you know, the next plan of attack there. So 
Nick, do you think that falls more on kind of roster construction and the front office or the coaching staff for, for playing Dotson out of position? Was it like, you know, out of necessity that he had to play right guard or was it, you know, or was the coaching staff just kind of putting him in the wrong spot? I honestly, it, it could be the front office. It could have been the coaching staff. We don't quite know based yeah. off the conver- like I'm not in the know. I don't I don't I don't know mm-hmm. a lot of these guys and like you know what they say and what and how that all turned out. But if I had to guess, the coaching staff had a vision and they kind of stuck to like a static vision with this offensive line and they didn't really adjust based off of that because James Daniels was playing like he was playing right right guard and you know, that was, and you know, a lot of people argued that center was his best position and that he should have played there. Then Dotson could have played there and things would have been a lot more seamless, but obviously they had a different plan in mind and maybe it could have worked. Maybe it, maybe it was just the wrong play, but it doesn't look good for them right now based off what Dotson was able to do with the Rams this year. Yeah, I agree. I, and you like could look back to Dotson's rookie season when he would fill in for, Man, who was on the right side? Filer was on the left. I don't remember who was who was playing. Oh, DeCastro. DeCa- no, DeCastro was on the left. Filer was on the right, if I had yeah. that correctly. And he would fill yes. in for Filer, and he'd play phenomenal. I mean, Dotson was, Dotson was immediately looked at as a dude that was like, oh, this guy's going to be a stud moving forward. And then he becomes a full-time left guard. And you're right, things struggle. And it's true. Like, you know, everybody says it like, you know, it was with the it was the Dan Moore argument during the summer. Well, Dan Moore should play right tackle and then Broderick could play left tackle. Well, it's not that easy. You know, you have to literally change everything you do. You got to remember that these guys fire off of, you know, it's 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 literally like trying to be a righty after you learn how to be a lefty. And that is, you know, that's nearly impossible to do. Shout out Kevin Dotson. If I had to put blame anywhere, I'm gonna put it on the coaching staff. You know, I get that yeah. division, whatever, but we've seen the static we're not making changes to, you know, guys to suit them best in a number of ways when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's definitely hurt them a number of times. I think they're starting to learn a little bit of lessons. You know, Joey Porter Jr. is a really good one about maybe not just keep him in a place that we envision him and just adjust so that we could win football games. And Joey Porter playing the best wide receiver on the field is probably the way to win football games would have liked to see that work out for Kevin Dotson. Could you imagine Kevin Dotson playing right guard James uh, James Daniels playing center and the rest of this offensive line looking like it is right now. It'd be a good time. It'd be a real, it'd be a real good time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But instead Kevin Dotson is, uh, is chilling over in LA. All right, let's wrap this up with our keys to victory for week 10 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I almost said Los Angeles Rams, green Bay Packers, Akershire Stadium should be a good one. The Packers have struggled this season, but so have the Pittsburgh Steelers. They come to town. No Cam Hayward, most likely. Probably without two of your starting inside linebackers. Nick, let's start with you. Your keys to victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Week 10 against the Packers. Forced Jordan Love to be uncomfortable. I mean, there's a (laughs) lot of issues with his mechanics, particularly on his deep passes that cause him to um, underthrow or overthrow passes off, often to guys like Christian Watson. You definitely want to be ready for those overthrows or those underthrows in that situation. Throw different types of looks at him, get his footwork out of whack, and I think you could really just start to make him uncomfortable. Overall, 
stop the run game though. Aaron Jones, when he's healthy, he's one of the best backs in the country. In in the country, we're not in college football. <laughs> I mean, technically, I mean, it's a country. Yeah, we are playing in a country. True, true. But one of the best backs in the entire league, and he's you know one of the better receiving options. He can do a lot. You know, when it comes to T- taking short gains and making them into long gains. I think that's where the the linebackers are are really going to be tested too. You, know, yeah. you want to keep Aaron Jones contained and while AJ Dillon's a bit of a bruiser, I'm not worried too too much about, you know, hit him making big plays right now. So just make it make Jordan Love uncomfortable. Try to contain Aaron Jones as much as you can. Yeah, I like that. The Jordan Love uh you think Jordan Love's worse than Kenny Pickett? Where you stand on the Jordan Love Kenny Pickett debate? I think it's funny because both these teams were viewed as like the sleepers coming into the season based off what they were doing in preseason. And both these quarterbacks have had some very, very bad downs. I'd say Jordan Love has shown a, maybe a few more ups, but it, it still hasn't. It, it No, no. Like when I say a few, I mean like a few. <laughs> <laughs> One a or f- two. Yeah. It, it like. Both these teams, honestly, should be looking at potentially, you know, putting quarterbacks, you know, drafting a quarterback and challenging the incumbent starter. But, well, that's a different conversation for another time. But, yeah, we'll get I, to that when uh, when Michael Penix falls to the bottom of the first round and <laughs> we got conversations. He, he's to be not had. making it past New England. I'm telling you, he better not. Hey man, he's got that those red flags with his injury history, so he could fall a little further than people expect. But yeah, I mean, this this is definitely the battle of young quarterbacks that people thought were gonna have the breakout. Maybe maybe they both show something today or this week. Who knows? It's it'll it'll be an interesting debate for sure. Dude, a Jordan Love Kenny Pickett uh brawl would be a shootout. Dual. That'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah. that'd be uh nobody'd see that one coming for uh for a no, Sunday afternoon no, game. No, they would not. Steven, what's think... your uh, keys to victories here? Oh, Nick, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think anyone thought CJ Stroud and Baker Mayfield were going to duel for what no, they did. very true, very true, very <laughs> true. But if you had to guess, if you line those two up against, and then Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think, I'm, I, think I might, maybe, there might be a part of me that goes, CJ Baker just, you know, has a ring to it. Has a ring to it. All right, yeah. Steven, what's your uh, keys to victory for this one? Yeah, I think this game is going to be uh, won or lost uh, when the Steelers have the ball and they are able to get into the red zone. I think the Steelers have not – well, I don't think this. I, I can look at the numbers. The Steelers have been close to the bottom of the league in terms of red zone scoring percentage. Uh, the Packers are in the top third of the league in red zone defense. Uh, so I think the Steelers are going to have to capitalize on on the opportunities that I'm pretty sure they're going to get to score from close range. Um, I'd love to see the the running game really assert itself and – and be able to bully people when uh, they know that the run game is coming in the red zone. So that's what I'm looking out for, cashing on some red zone opportunities. I kind of expect the defense to give them some turnovers and some short fields, so I think that's going to be huge, and the Steelers can't afford to kick field goals. That's going to keep the the Packers in the game for a while. And as someone who has Jordan Love on uh, on his fantasy team, I know that he uh, – he likes to turn it up when the game is gets real late. Like he he's one of those guys who through three quarters he'll have six points and then he'll finish with fifteen because he threw for 150 yards in the fourth quarter. So I, I'd say don't let him hang around. Don't kick field goals. Don't let him don't let him think that they're in this game for longer than they are because I think the Steelers are the better team and they should they should be able to win this one pretty handily. 
the somewhere there is a Green Bay Packers podcast that just said the same exact thing about Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and probably. that's 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 wild to think about if you're being honest, but it's true. You're also the second person today to tell me that Jordan Love is on their fantasy football team and he's disappointing for most parts of a Sunday and then comes through at the end. Yeah, and then he and then he gets me like 15 points and I'm like this is fine. This is fine. I can live with that. It's uh it's not bad. It's not bad. My, uh, We've been through this, but my fantasy football quarterbacks this season were Aaron Rodgers that lasted me four plays and then Anthony Richardson. So it's been a really good ride, man. And then Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Kenny Pickett was my backup, and I got rid of him after week one. It's been fun. It's been uh, it's been a, Russell Wilson's my guy right now. Sucks. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> Life is not good, okay? It's been a very bad fantasy football season for me. But like the Pittsburgh Steelers, I am five and four. So we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. All right. My uh, my key to victory is also on the offensive side of the ball. It's very simple. How good does this offensive line look for the Pittsburgh Steelers for another week? Because Broderick Jones is probably going to start. I'm feeling real good about it. And if we're being honest, I think that this could spark a Najee Harris, Jalen Warren start to turn into a pretty freakish duo for the last seven games of the season. That would be awesome. I think it starts with Broderick Jones, obviously. But I just think that grand scheme of things, you could have – somebody told me this, and I think I've mentioned this on this podcast like a dozen times already, but I'm going to say it again. Somebody told me once, it was a scout at the NFL Combine, told me that Dan Moore Jr. can be the fifth best offensive lineman on a line. And he looked at me and went, there's always got to be a fifth best offensive lineman on a line. And I went, that's very true. If the Pittsburgh Steelers' weak link, weak link is Dan Moore Jr., I'm pretty okay with it because two weeks ago, it was their highest-paid offensive lineman who was also their right tackle who couldn't pass block, he couldn't run block, and last week, he couldn't even come in and be the extra offensive tackle for these guys. Chooks is not the guy right now. I don't know how much I believe the... Chuk said something compared to maybe Chuk said something somewhat minor and the Steelers were like, all right, this is a door that has opened <laughs> and we can now bench yeah. Chooks. I think that's a that's a, certainly a possibility. But I think that if Broderick Jones could be the difference maker on the offensive line and they could look good for another game, you get Najee Harris rolling, you get Jalen Warren rolling. Who cares what Kenny Pickett's doing? You know what I mean? This is a this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Somewhere Art Rooney is yelling from the stands going, run the damn football. And if you could do that successfully, I don't care who you're playing, I think that your chances of winning go through the roof. I don't think you have to worry about Kenny being a fourth-quarter quarterback. I think you just could look at it and say, our offense wins through the ground, and if Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are controlling the game, things should be fine for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But my key to victory is uh, Broderick Jones starting at right tackle and Hopefully this offensive line doing what it did last week. Beautiful. Love it. I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all in that too. Like, I think you got to be able to play some bully ball with these guys. Like you, you've like, I, I don't know the Steelers. I feel like built this team to, to yes. run the football and to be, to be physical with teams. I, I don't know if they've actually done that quite yet. So I want to see it this week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's round it off here with our uh, favorite time of the week. I, uh, I got it wrong last week. It wasn't the first time this season, but it was the first time I picked against the Steelers. And I got to say, as soon as I did it, I said, yeah, they're going to win this one. And they're welcome because that one's on me. 
I picked Tennessee last week, came back to bite me in the butt. Steven, we'll start with you one with you on this one. Week ten, Green Bay Packers, Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got winning? What's your score? I think the Steelers cap I think the Steelers do exactly what I, I told them they need to do in my keys to victory. <laughs> I think they, they get the running game going. They establish uh they establish the run game and, and like I said, play physically with these guys, play some bully ball, keep this game on the ground, control the clock. Uh, get some turnovers uh, after making Jordan Love uncomfortable to create some short fields and easy offense for the other side of the ball, and they win twenty-one to third. Uh, no, twenty-one to ten. Excuse me, that's my Whoa. number. Yeah, I think a two-score victory. I'm gonna call it. Call my shot. I wow. haven't done that since the since the Texans game, and that didn't go very well. So hopefully, yeah, it true. ends up better this time. True, that is very true. Uh, I think this is a different circumstance than you know a young, thriving Texans team, but ballsy. I'm going to say ballsy. They, I didn't think they were a young, thriving Texans team when they played them. So I, That's true. I, yeah. That's true. All right, 21-10. Steven's got the Steelers winning. Nick, your score, your uh, your outcome here. I think I've been consistently wrong on these predictions. And, and, and it makes me it makes me feel like I have to pick against the Steelers, but I'm going to say 20-13 to 13 Pittsburgh wins because wow. I think – yeah, I know. I I'm gonna jinx my favorite team like that. I feel so horrible, but nah, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say that they end up uh, running the ball pretty well with uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Like you said, play some bully ball. Let let these two just get absolutely like let them let the let it be known that they are the one of the best duos at running back in the in the entire league right now. Like that's the type of performance you want to see on offense from from those two guys, and obviously. Jordan Love, make him uncomfortable. Maybe get that Darius Rush pick six or something, you know? <laughs> that, Darius Rush be, comes that, up on a pick six. That would be remarkable. Yeah, be sure to be sure to go back to the podcast and uh, and <laughs> make sure to clip it while you're at it when that happens. Oh, 100%. We'll have that. Nick's listening down below already. He's Darius Rush pick six. Sounds good because as soon as it happens, it's going all over social media. All right. my uh, We got 21-10. 20 to 13. I haven't thought about this all day. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to go Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm feeling Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is a game that they should win. I don't see how they don't kind of feels like a, it kind of feels like a, you know, this is, you lose this game. You're right back where you are. And I think you're hitting a point now in the season where if you lose this game, it like it's starting to become more realistic that you aren't going to be able to hang around at the end, like at some point you got to start the run to, to solidify that you're a playoff team. And I think that is where this week, that that's what this week is. Even if they go to Cleveland and Cincy and don't sweep those two, I think that wins over Tennessee and green Bay give you enough of a cushion to say, okay, well, we're, you know, six and four or seven and four heading back home to play Arizona and new England. That's a really good spot to be in. I'm going to go Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, man, I want to say 24 points, but that is so many points to score for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like an insane amount of points to score for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I also think I've picked 24 points every single week for like the last seven games. Got to hit once. You got to hit once. You got to count for Matt Canada on the sideline this time. Maybe maybe he'll he'll, he'll hit you up there. (laughs) True, true. Canada will be back on the sideline for a second week here. All right, I'm going to do it. 24 I'm going 24. Oh, my gosh. I just made fun of you for going double digits here, and I think I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going 24-14. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers 
This is a defiant win. This is a, you know, this game is a lot, a lot farther apart than it seems score wise. You know, I think this is a one where like we head into the locker room afterwards and it's just all smiles and people are excited to talk to us. I'll also tell you, I don't know what George Pickens over is this week, but you are an idiot if you, and I could be, you know, this will clip this one too, if I'm wrong on this one, because I will claim that I am the idiot, but man, that's got to be the easiest bet in the whole world, in the whole world, two bad games. They're definitely going to lower it. And I can tell you right now that frustrated receiver in the NFL, most times gets the football quite a bit the week after they just complained to everybody on social media. So AJ George Pickett, AJ. Yeah, exactly. This has happened all throughout NFL history. It is not going to stop. Now. George Pickens is a stud. I'm going George Pickens over. I'm going 24, 14. Hopefully we're all right. Pittsburgh Steelers walk away six and three, and then they hit a little AFC road trip. I want to say road game, but road trip before they come back home host the Arizona Cardinals with that we're heading out of here thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube youtube.com slash all Steelers talk check us out anywhere you get your podcast and as always check out all of our work at all and our pit coverage at inside the panthers.com we will be back on Monday enjoy a beautiful day in the Berg peace <laughs>